Welcome back to the Somerville Advice Givers Podcast. I'm your host, Yaden Smith, and this week we're joined with Stephanie Dasher, the amazing design and media expert at Dasher Photography and Design. Stephanie, welcome to the program. Wow, thank you for having me. <laughs> Very good. So, Stephanie, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. You know, where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What would you do before getting started with Dasher Photography and Design? You know, how did you get to where you are now? I think it, it's kind of a long process, but it, it uh, wraps around, really. Um, I don't sound like it, but I grew up in the backwoods of Virginia, <laughs> where there wasn't a lot to do, except for roam the fields and, you know, cover ourselves in mud and kick cow pies at other people. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> it's very glamorous. Um one of the things that really got me into photography was I, I couldn't have been more than 10 years old, and my mom had a 35-millimeter Pentax camera, and it was shiny, you know, parts of it were, and uh, it was off-limits, which made it very, uh-huh. <laughs> very That's exciting like, for me. I'm not supposed to touch this. I think most of my life has actually proceeded in that manner. <laughs> Gotcha. So I one day she was at work and I grabbed it up and I um, actually remember very vividly the stream of light coming in through the window and there is this these roses in a vase that were very dead. I don't know why we didn't throw things like that out just <laughs> sitting on the on the table and I just like I was like I have to take a picture of this and I did and I took a couple of other pictures and then I put the camera back because I was f- afraid for my life at this of course, point. Of course. How old were you? Maybe 10. 10? Okay. I couldn't have been that old. And of old course, enough to realize, um, I'm going to be in serious trouble if my mom finds out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, back then you had to wait three months maybe mm-hmm. to see. Um, so for our listeners who are not familiar with that style of photography, there is a camera with a cassette of film you take pictures, you don't get instant feedback, you have to send it off somewhere, weeks and weeks, and then you get actual photograph prints. Yes, from Walmart. It or takes time. actually, yeah, probably Walmart, I think, back then we used. There might have been Walmarts around back Maybe then. Maybe you had like 24-hour processing somewhere. Oh, yeah. That was, that was high-end. You had to pay more for that two-hour processing. Extra $5 to get it done the same day. It's true. It's like, no, I'm fine. I would like double, double prints, though. But she knew when the when the film was developed, she knew it was me. She brought the photograph to me. She's like, "I have photographic evidence that you did this." And surprisingly, I didn't get in trouble. I think there was a level where I mean, the picture wasn't amazing, but conceptually, it was a good idea. Right. And I think um, I think she was impressed. And after that, she bought me my first camera. So, um. I started taking pictures like as a hobby mm-hmm. way back then, um, which is, it was kind of cool. I dropped that camera in the water as I do most electronic devices <laughs> that I own for anyone that knows me. Um, and I was just kind of a side hobby um, my whole life. I was really interested in science. Uh, when I graduated high school, I joined the Navy because I, I wanted to see the world. Um, I didn't become a photographer's mate, and I was always really jealous of them. I was like, I need that job. I would always ask to go borrow the cameras um, or go to their print lab. 
Um, so when I got out of the military, I decided I was going to go back to school. And so I went to Savannah College of Art and Design. Okay. Um, right. Which was amazing. I've heard really good things about that school. Mm-hmm. for their art their arts program yeah it's tough i have gone i you know i have an engineering degree and for me that was easy going to art school was like oh i have to actually put in a lot of effort and hearing like critiques and criticisms uh it's something that is, i think as an artist is really important to be able to take that in and not necessarily be offended by it so i think for me that was like one of the most powerful parts of going to art school above and beyond you know technical skills right which they kind of leave you to the wolves in that they're like hey make this thing also go on the internet and figure out how to do it (laughs) if you don't already know thank god for youtube yes and lydia (laughs) if you haven't heard of that it's amazing um resource for artists that are trying to figure out how to use any sort of application on the computer so let me, let me back up for just a second. What did you actually do in the Navy? You wanted to be a photographer's mate. Yes. But what was your position? What I was, was a your... nuke. Okay. I try not to tell people. So you worked with nuclear reactors. Yes. And then after the Navy, so you went from nuclear reactors to art. It's true. Kind of a big, kind of opposite ends of the spectrum there. No wonder art school was... was uh, <laughs> A challenge. Yeah, it really was. I remember getting into an argument with one of my professors. I didn't realize when I signed up for this visual media degree that I was going to have to draw anything. <laughs> I know, it's a shocker. And my professor was like, you just need to draw what you see. I'm like, okay, but I don't really know how to do that. Um, He's like, just you all you simple, just draw what you see. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give you a calculus equation and I'd like to see you just <laughs> just do it. Just figure it out. Yeah, just draw what you see. Here, this is what I see. I don't know what that is. There you go. Interestingly though, he was right, and my drawing skills have, have improved vastly greatly since then. Improved. Yeah. The way to draw is to draw. So after art school, how did you like start? doing photography professionally. Walk us through that, those steps. Well, I think the truth of, of kind of my personality is I'm, I'm love to serve people and help people. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing different photography and design things for free for a long time. Um, and it turns out I have kids to feed. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband was really the big push in that. He was like, why do you keep working for free? Like, this is quality work, and you're just mm-hmm. giving it away. You know, he's like, why, why are you not making this into, like, you love doing it. Why are you not making this into your life passion and, and pursuing it as a business? Which is a really big wake-up call for me, because I'm very critical of myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm one of those people that's like, oh, it's not good enough. If right. I don't think it's good enough, they must not Obviously, think it's good no enough. Obviously, else is going to think it's good enough. Right. So I can't charge for that. I got you. And how long have you been doing? When did you go like full-time or professional in photography? I think in 2000, beginning in 2016. So for about two years, like we've been kind of ramping our business up slowly. Changing from just hobby, doing favors for friends to, hey, this is legitimate. Right. And I do professional work. Yes. And I got a mortgage to pay. Yes. (laughs) There you go. 
Yes, I do. Okay, excellent. Now, what what focuses? I know there are all sorts of photography, you know, uh, styles out there. You know, wedding, babies, families, uh, architectural. What do you find is your main focus that you really love to do with photography? I really, really love documentary style photography. Okay. So I do like to photograph families. Um, and I do, I, I will do weddings. I, I like to do that stuff, but I kind of do it differently than maybe a lot of other people do. For me, the whole point of a photograph is just capturing this moment that would otherwise be lost in time. And so I don't really like to pose people. I like for things to be natural. They, the photographs always turn out better. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are happier because they see themselves in it and they don't see, I mean, I've seen photographs of people and you look at them and it doesn't even actually even look like who they are as a person, right. which I feel like is so important, especially in this like digital age of, you know, fake book where people present this part of themselves that's not real you know I just want to put reality back into the world um so that's kind of my my style okay um I really like big bold colors um which you might not so documentary well I I love me personally I love big bold colors Uh, I've seen I follow you on Instagram I've seen your work I love it but it, it with the documentary style, it seems like that would fit with an event, like doing an event photography where the documentary would tell the story of the event. Exactly. Like, why are we here? Exactly. You, you might not do documentary photography for, if you're shooting a building. No. Maybe. But it would take like six months if you could start when they're building it. Exactly. <laughs> right. And and architectural photography is fun and it's interesting. I think that if you do it right, you can tell the story of a building, mm-hmm. you know, especially some of these older buildings. Right. And really in photography, the whole point is for me to help my viewers see what I see. Okay. So um, I think in documentary photography, there's a, it's wide open for that. Right. Excellent. Very good. So as we continue, at what would you say, you know, as an expert in your field, I know you might not consider yourself an expert, but you are. I've seen you work. You're, you're really good. <laughs> Thanks. So as an expert in your field, what are three or four, you know, what are some pieces of advice that you could give to the average person to improve their life? You know, what do you see with someone trying to do photography? What could you tell them? Uh, Even if it's just somebody like, hey, I want these photographs taken. I think, I think the big thing is, and I hear this over and over and over again, I like to make a joke about it, is that you don't need a nice camera. For the average person or even the average person getting started in photography, a nice camera isn't going to make your photographs better. Mm-hmm. Learning how to use a camera even a cheap camera, you can get amazing photographs from it. There are people whose whole lives revolve around using an iPhone for photography, and they create amazing photographs. So composition and lighting, that's the key to taking an amazing photograph and understanding that. And um, understanding why you edit a photograph the way you do. Because in the day and age of Instagram and Facebook, 
filters, you know, there's this thought process that that's what makes a photograph good. But I think a real photographer and a real artist, they have a mission and a vision behind their edit. Mm-hmm. You know, their style is there for a reason. It's not They're, just, ooh, I'm going to use the Clarion filter. Exactly. Because that looks cool. Right. It's beyond looking cool. It's adding to the story of the photograph. Like, what was it you saw when you took that photograph that made right. you edit the way you did? Okay. What story are you trying to tell? Oh, let's see. Don't stop learning. And, um, you know, watch tutorials. Watch videos. Take classes. Find somebody that you respect that it that you know is a good photographer that has better skills than you and you know get a mentor i think that's important what would you say to someone who's thinking i want a good photograph taken of x let's just say family family portrait right i know for me the most realistic family portrait was me and my wife sitting in front of a wooden door. This is back when we only had three children. One was smiling, one was looking away, pointing at something, and one was just having a tantrum, a meltdown. Jessica and I are smiling happily at the camera. Everything else is going crazy. Well, I think that's reality if you have kids. I mean, if you if you have children, you know they're not easy to work with. <laughs> so um, it's even more difficult to be the person on the the other side of the lens. Hey, look here, smile. And the reality is, you know, sometimes you'll you'll take a hundred pictures and you'll get one that's okay when you're working with children. <laughs> but that's that's your life, that's your family, and I think that's one of the things about documentary photography that I. I really enjoy versus pose photography is that, you know, the kids are interacting with the parents and, Mm -hmm. or their siblings, they're playing a game or whatever they're doing. Mom, he's in my space. No, I'm not. He's lying. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I think that makes her a better picture. Everybody's happier, you know, and that's your real life versus some of the the pose stuff which I, i'm not against it because i think do think you can do some really interesting amazing right. things with with um composure um with post photography thank you stephanie for some great advice for people who want to trying to get photographs done of something whether an event or family or for people who are just trying to take better photos that's good stuff now we want to talk about going to the final four which is final four questions all right, question number one. When work is over and it's time to play, what do you like to do for fun? Well, shameless plug. <laughs> I love surfing. Um, I did it when I was a teenager. Moved to Washington State, sold my surfboard, and uh, thought I would never, ever surf again. And then we got hooked up with this really awesome organization called Warrior Surf, and they serve vets. Um, and their families, they do surf camps. And so I usually spend every weekend down there and sometimes Wednesday evenings um, at Folly Beach surfing with other vets and their families. And wow. It's That's really awesome. cool. So not, not just surfing, but surfing with an organization that is serving veterans. Exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, question number two. In the next 12 months, what are you most excited about? 
This could be business, personal, career. Um. Well, again, I'm really excited about some of the things that are ramping up with Warrior Surf, which is the nonprofit that we're working with. And also, um, I'm excited to be working with another um, website guy who is a story brand um, certified. So what that is, is it's a it's a way to kind of formulate the copy and the message of your business and brand in, in a way that captures your audience's attention. Um, I think you see a lot of websites that have too much copy on them. It's not really well conceived. And what he does is um, he comes in, he gets your business message, and he just really creates this concise user-friendly, attractive framework. And then I come in and I make it look beautiful. Um, right on. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm really excited to kind of come into partnership with him and be able to offer uh, that service um, with my website design. Excellent. All right, number three. What is a parting piece of advice you'd like to share with the audience? Ooh, that's a good one. Hmm. I I would just go back to what I said earlier, which is, you know, never stop learning and have fun. Like you only get to live once in life. Um, we have this really weird notion and concept that as soon as you graduate college, that you have to have a business, buy a house, you know, be successful either at your business mm-hmm. or in a job. And I don't I just don't think that's true, you know, live beneath your means and and have fun like I'm I just turned 30 last year. Congratulations. Yeah, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> Kidding. Um <laughs> and I realized that I have a long way to go in my life and right. so I want to have fun while I'm young and while I can. Um, I know my husband feels the same way. So we're trying to build our life and our business in a way that we can travel and give cool experiences to our kids and not necessarily live that standard, you know, idea of what success is in America. Excellent. That's good. Never stop learning. Have fun. I like it. All right. Question number four. This one's probably the easiest. What's the best way for the audience to get in touch with you? Well, you can visit us on our website, which is dashersdesign.com. Okay. Or uh, my email is dasherphotography at gmail.com. And, and we put all this in the show notes spelled out so people can oh, copy and paste it. That's Don't good. worry. You don't have to spell anything out. Usually I'm like, it's Dasher like the reindeer. And then people say, how do you spell that? <laughs> I'm like, really? Dash E-R. There you go. Yes. Also, how do people find you on Instagram? Um, I think you can just type in my name, Stephanie Dasher. Okay. Um, I didn't set that up, in fact. So, but it's probably it's also Dasher Design too. So I think either way you can find me. All right. Check out her Instagram for really some amazing photos. I know y'all just got back from a trip down to Central America. Yeah, Guatemala. Guatemala. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Guatemala. I've seen some of the photos that you took for this this documentary style. Amazing. Thank you. Actually, so on a side note, 
ladies and gentlemen. So the um the one that I loved the most was it's the boy, I think, sitting on the sidewalk, and it looks like he's in pain. Looks like something terrible has just happened. But the story underneath it, where, if I remember correctly, it was him and his father. Yeah. And something amazing had just happened. Yes, they live, you know, there's really no paved roads out there. Right. So when trucks or cars drive past, they get dust in their house because they're pretty open air. There's not like a lot of doors. And so they would get dust into their house. So his father hooked up the well um, to a generator, like a, a well pump. And he was pumping water out into the street so that they wouldn't have dust in their house when people drove by. And his son was just out there playing. Um, and I just thought it was so fantastic. And the look on his face isn't of frustration or upset. It's that I'm a stranger um, and my Spanish is horrible. So <laughs> what are you doing? You know, and I kind of have this rule that if I photograph somebody, I try to get their information because I feel like we have um, like this tendency to like exoticize. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. You know, know people in other right um, countries and we'll they're add not. It to Wikipedia. Exoticize yes. is, now, is now a word. Officially, I'm, I'm going to go in there and edit that. Yeah. And so we, we do that and we, we feel like they're almost, it's almost like we view people in third world countries as zoo animals. Mm. So, you know, and I want truth in, in photography. So I think when you take a picture like that, it can send so many different messages. And the reality was he wasn't upset. He was scared of me and of this humongous camera that I had, which for the record, I did ask his father if I could take his picture. And <laughs> Very I... Very good. Yeah. So. Okay. So Instagram, website, email. Excellent. Stephanie, thank you so much for being a part of this week's episode. We appreciate your time. Yes, thank you for having me. I love your work. Thank you. I look forward to seeing more of your stuff in the future. Yes, hopefully more trips and more travel are in my future for that. I can't wait to see it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.